how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me For I once was lost but now I'm found Was blind and now I see Hallelujah Christ is risen from the grave Hallelujah Christ is risen from the grave
call me in to heaven's sweet embrace I see your scars, your open arms and the beauty of your face Through tears of joy I lift my voice in everlasting praise Hallelujah, Christ is risen from the grave Well, we just finished worship, guys. That was by Phil Wickman. Christ is risen. Um, I just thank God that Christ has risen. And I know salvation is through him only. And I know about being born again. And um, it's just, we can't take it for granted, guys, how precious that gift is. That gift of the Holy Spirit that we receive when we're born again is so amazing it's 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 uncomprehendable but it's also undescribable what that really looks like and one day we will see the glory that is revealed in us in christ jesus um i want to welcome everyone here today god bless you guys um all across the world all different nations all different platforms we welcome you with open arms to share the love of christ with you guys if you guys are brokenhearted, lost, you need healing, freedom, this is the place to be because we're here to glorify our King, Jesus. So I love you guys. And um, before we jump in today with the segment, does anyone have any testimonies or any um, praise reports or anything they would like to share? I do. Go for it. So I don't remember, maybe it was a couple months ago, uh, one of my coworkers shared with me that him and his wife been trying to have a baby for I believe like over a year and a half and he said I want you to pray because I know that God answers your prayers so I said okay yeah for sure I'll pray so then I came to you guys here to the Bible study and I remember we prayed and Chelsea my daughter-in-law prayed for them and um, I believe her, she said like they're going to be pregnant within a year or so I don't know I don't know her exact words but he just found out last week that they're pregnant and I told him you know that I was going to share the testimony and he's you know we just give God the glory and the praise but and I was just telling him how we prayed and it came to we all came in agreement and he's just like he's he's like in awe like you know and that's the power of prayer and it's amazing and it's just like you just don't know you just step out and pray for someone you don't know but the holy spirit and the angels go to work and you know and i said i told him to give god the glory to testify and he is so i just wanted that, to share that it's exciting that is amazing and you know people that don't know jesus or don't believe and they see something like that happen it's they come to a point in terms that way he is real and he is the truth and he is the way and he is the life so um you know god answers our prayers because we are born again but because we're righteous we're right standing with him we're in right relations with him so that's amazing that you shared that does anybody else want to share anything i need prayer but i'm gonna wait till till we finish so you guys can pray for me Okay. 
Um, well, I have three testimonies that I want to share. Um, it just happened, two testimonies just happened to me right now. Uh, before I got here, um, this morning I spent about 40, 40 to 45 minutes with the Lord and it was the most amazing time. I just had so much peace and comfort in my soul and I just knew that he was listening to me, that he hears me and he knows me and I could feel his presence when I was, when I was communing with him and talking to him. And, uh, I never had that before. I mean, I've experienced that multiple times, but I'm, I'm talking about when I truly rededicated my life to Jesus, when I truly followed his way, when I truly just surrendered my life and, and picked up my cross and followed him. There's this type of relationship that is, it's so unfamiliar to the world as believers in Christ, it's supposed to be a familiar and a regular feeling. And, you know, I was getting ready for work and going to my car and my car wouldn't start. And uh, I tried to turn it over three times and it was completely dead. So my father-in-law was nice enough to let me use his truck and I drove that to work. And I just said, I just kept it real simple to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm not gonna get upset. I trust you and I know that you're going to take care of me. And it's when you have this confidence in him, nothing can shake it. It's, it's you. If you don't have this confidence in him, it's, it's your doing because he's there and he's right there by your side, but we have to come to this point of surrendering and, and just following him and being led by his spirit, his Holy Spirit. So anyways, I get to O'Reilly's, my father-in-law jumps my car. <clears throat> and I just, oh, another praise report. I just got my car last Friday. Um, it was in the shop for three months. I spent a lot of money and the Lord just totally blessed me. I was able to pass emissions this Saturday. I was able to pay off my car. So it's officially mine. It's officially has brand new tags. And also there's no check engine light, but the battery died, right? So I went to O'Reilly's. Um, they're like, well, let's check if you have a two-year warranty. So I go and I'm, and I'm just trusting in the Lord because I know like my finances right now are kind of tight because of my car and just what stuff I'm going through. And I just trusted in him. And the assistant manager comes and he says, well, your expired warranty uh, went out this month, you know, a couple of days ago. And I was about to have to, I was going to have to pay about $154. And the Lord, I just, I just said, Lord, just, I know that I have favor with you and I have favor with man. So the guy comes back and he's just like, how many days is it off? And the guy was like, yeah, it's off like a couple of days. He's like, uh, just wave it. Just give him a brand new one. So the Lord totally blessed me with a brand new battery because it's, I have favor with my father. And it's not because it's blessings, it's because I follow him and I'm led by him. So it was amazing. This young man, his name was Pedro, he's 23 years old, and he's lived a similar life to mine, but he's he's been he's you know, he's been in prison, he's done some things, and I started sharing him, I started telling him, you know, like, hey, what happened to my car? And and I mentioned, I said, God's so good and, and just stuff like that. And so I share my testimony. He's like, why does, I don't believe in Jesus. 
So I said, wow, well, I do. And let me tell you about him because I know him. I've seen him. I've seen him and I know him and I have a relationship with him. And I started telling him who he was. And he's like, it's so hard to believe in this, but I just knew the Lord had me there. So this is a divine appointment. And he said, yeah, I think it is. I said, I could have went to any O'Reilly's. And he said, his mom's a Christian. So it's his mom's prayers to God that God would send me there to not only bless me, but to do his work and bless Pedro. And I'll, I'll keep it real short, but I talked to Pedro and I told him that Jesus is real. He loves him. He has, he has purpose and he's given me a new heart and he'll give a new heart to you. And he's like, thanks, man. And I, and I actually, I said, hey, man, can I pray for you? And he said, yeah. And he let, and I grabbed his hand and I put my hand on his chest and I started praying for him. And just prayed that the Lord would reveal himself and to him, reveal himself to him in a supernatural way, in a dream, whatever the case, that he would see that Jesus is real. Because he's seen a lot of pain in his life. You know, he's asking like, well, why is all this bad stuff happening? And I've seen all this stuff and I've, I've cried out to God and, and he's never answered me. And I told him, you have to be born again to receive that right relations with God. And he didn't even know what born again was. So it's so vital that you guys share your faith and share your testimony and show Jesus that he's real to people because he is. I said, you don't know when you're going to die. You don't know when you're going to go. But I said, I have this confidence. I said, my father hears my, my prayers and he answers me. And he looked at me like, like, whoa, you're really confident. Like, but he does. My father answers me and he loves me and I'm, I'm known by him and he knows me. And I was able to be a light and I gave him my phone number and told him, I said, Hey dude, I got to go. Cause I'm, I'm preaching to the nations right now. <laughs> and he said, what is that? And I said, dude, do you have that same gift and that talent? I can see it in your eyes. He was just so good with customer service. He was so genuine, but he just, he says, I've done a lot of sin. I regret it. I told him that God would give him a new heart, just like he gave me. So that was amazing. And then another thing happened, uh, just yesterday, yesterday, we, we moved my, uh, my good friends, pastor Corey and pastor Jasmine. They're part of the youth. And we helped serve the youth there at our church and uh, they needed help. So we helped them move. And Chelsea's like, well, let's go to the mall. I want to get some new shoes. And I said, oh, okay. And I was kind of fighting it for a little bit. Then I said, you know what? I'm just going to go. So we go and we get some new shoes. And well, she does. I don't. <laughs> but um, anyways, I, I saw the store at the corner of my eye. And I said, oh, it's going to, they do repair on, uh, on cell phone screens. Because my cell phone screen is cracked right now. And uh, I just wanted to get an estimate about how much that would cost. And so I go in there and this guy, he has long blonde hair and he's real sucked up and he has a backwards cap on and facial hair. And, and then he looked at me and he said, Christian. And then I looked in his eyes and I'm like, oh man, that's Garrett. So Garrett was one of my good friends that I used to party with and he would, um, he's a DJ and the last time I saw him was at a New Year's party and I was doing cocaine, weed, drinking, and I was doing MDMA. What that is, is that it's a pure form of ecstasy and I was doing all four of those things at once. And I felt like I was going to die. And I started telling him about what Jesus did for me two years ago. And I started sharing with him. I said, man, 
just to make it short, I said, imagine if you saw people walking down a cliff and they're all walking down this cliff and you see it and you're like, wouldn't you say something? And I am the signpost that's telling people to turn back, that the way you're going is destruction. The other way is everlasting life and running into the father's arms and being washed by the blood of the lamb. Long story short, he said, thank you so much for coming. And he let me pray for him because he's into spirituality. He's into psychedelic drugs. And, and he, and he even said that like, you know, when he goes and parties, he feels bad. And I said, it's, it's, it's the burden of sin. And I said, I feel so free. I feel so alive. I feel so light. Like I'm just this new creation in Christ. That old things have passed, all things become new. And he looked at me and he said, there is something different about you. And it's good. And you look like you're free. <laughs> and I am free. And even Pedro asked me, he's like, do you still do those drugs and stuff? I said, no, I'm free. I'm free. And I wanted to bring this hope because these people don't believe in the Lord Jesus, but I do. And if I will use my voice for one individual or for the nations to declare the goodness of the Lord that leads man to repentance. So I wanted to share that, that God gave me the opportunity to talk to someone that I used to party with. That's the last time he saw me was doing drugs and being all binged out. And the Lord just totally used me to say, Hey, God can do the same for you. Like, you know, they always say, well, I'm happy that you're doing good. I said, well, I wish the same for you. The Lord is no respecter of persons. What he'll do for one, he'll do for another. Please tell, even if you don't want to go up to random people, tell your friends, tell your family. And I need to do this even more. I need to step out even more and ask the Lord, help me to be a better witness. Help me to be bold. Help me to speak your word with truth, with love and righteousness. And I just want to encourage everyone that's going to listen and who's listening now is that people don't know our king and we need to declare who he is because we want them to be free. We want them to have salvation. We want them to have peace in their heart. They have no peace. They're wandering lost souls that are blind and they're under the power of, of the demonic and of Satan, but we're not under that no more. And that's why the Lord hears us. And he takes care of his own. He's a good shepherd and we shall not lack. So that's what I want to share with you guys. All right. Well, let's get into the book of Revelation. Um, so today we're going to go over chapters 13 and 14 today. Um, before I jump in, does anyone like have any questions? How are you guys understanding the book of Revelation? Does anyone want to chime in or say anything right now before I go in? If not, we'll continue. All right. Revelation chapter three, or excuse me, Revelation chapter 13, New King James Version. The title, The Beast from the Sea. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his head blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear, 
and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him power, his power, his throne, and great authority. So if, if we've been reading the book of Revelation, we know that this dragon is Satan, right? So Satan is giving all power, his throne, and great authority to the beast. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? So I'm going to stop right there because there's a lot of imagery. There's a lot of symbolism that's going on. And that's taking place in this time. Um, so the preferred reading is that is the dragon, right? So the dragon is Satan. The beast rising up out of the sea is a mirror image of the dragon called forth from the peoples of the world as an ally in his war against the saints. That's us. So you got to think Satan, he's not. He's not a creator. He's not creative. He's an imitator and he manip- he manipulates things. And what he does is that he always tries to imitate the father because he wants to be God and he never will be God. So he's he's trying to make himself like the father and that the beast is kind of representing the son. But these are obviously on different spectrums and Jesus is forever king can never be um, dethroned. His name's above every other name, that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord of all. So this is what this beast is trying to imitate Jesus. All right, I'm going to carry along. The crowns are on the ten horns, means political power, not on the seven heads. So the horns represent political power, The seven heads is the source of authority. So that represents authority. The heads represent authority. The horns represent political power, which is the dragon who delegates his authority to the monster. The beast represents an incarnation of political social evil. This monster is the composite of Daniel's picture of the past political power. So this is, it's referring back to Daniel's vision So Daniel's vision also um, is correlated with the book of Revelation. And uh, we don't have time to to explain that because that'd be a whole segment on itself. But if you guys do research and look that up, you'll see uh, similar things that Daniel sees in his vision. The prophet Daniel. One of, okay, so going back to the head. So one of his heads was wounded is a parody of the lamb. See how he's trying to imitate the lamb? As he himself suffers a mortal wound and is then brought back to life, the symbol represents either empires or individual emperors. The spiritual principle is the same with either interpretation. And then also he was given blasphemes by the dragon. He was given authority by God over those who dwell on the earth. 42 months, right? And blasphemy is is an irreverent speech that calls what is human divine, what is evil good, and what is good evil. 
Okay. We're going to stop right there and we're going to continue along. So that, so now you guys get the symbolism of what the beast is. So the beast is not an actual like monster and beast. It's pretty much the beast is the antichrist. And the antichrist is anti-Christ. So literally it tries to be like Christ, but it's not Christ. And it does everything opposite of what Jesus would do. And that's who the devil has appointed authority and power and is thrown to is the Antichrist or AKA the beast. All right. So let's carry along. Verse five. And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name his tabernacle and those who dwell in heaven it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority was given him over every tribe tongue and nation and all who dwell on the earth will worship him and whose names have not been written in the book of life of the lamb slain before the foundation of the world so with that being said this beast is terrorizing the planet. He is given all power right now, and he is destroying the saints, believers in Christ, the believers that have their names written in the book of life, and Satan or Satan's protege, Antichrist, the beast, has fully dominated the world the world for 42 months. So blaspheme is an irreverent speech that I was saying that calls what is human divine, what is evil good and what is good evil. His name is the character of God revealed in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and may also be translated even or that is his tabernacle and those who dwell in heaven are God's people, the church. They are not those who dwell on earth. The book of life is God's register of the redeemed. From the foundation of the world refers to both refers to before the creation. So what Jesus did, he he's the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And it breaks my heart because I come to people and they don't believe in Jesus or they don't know him. And that's why we have to be that voice. God's not looking for, for us to be quiet or timid or be an echo, but to be a voice unto individuals to groups to nations to tribes to different tongues because they need to hear about the good news of the gospel i love how andrew womack said how the gospel is only mentioned twice in the new testament because gospel means good news but it's more even undescribable it's it's good news that it's even hard to believe and that's when that pedro guy you know he said it's hard to believe i said dude it's the free gift of salvation. It's grace. And I, and I told him what grace means. And grace means God's unmerit favor. That you didn't deserve it. That God is the judge. You did the crime. The wages of sin is death. Jesus came and he paid the debt as the lawyer. He, he wiped it clean. And you're freely forgiven and you're freely can walk away without being punished or even being accused for that crime again thank you holy spirit verse nine if anyone has an ear let him hear he who leads into captivity shall go into captivity he who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword here is the patience and faith of the saints 
verse 11, the beast from the earth. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who, do, excuse me, those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he can make fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which we, which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. I'm going to stop right there. So you know, like, it's just demonic, right? Because God even tells us not to make an idol of him. And then this beast, the second beast, or a.k.a. the false prophet, is saying, no, worship the beast because he's healed and he's, he's risen back from the dead, trying to mock and imitate Jesus. And he's given signs and stuff. And the, the thing is, we can't, we have to know our identity in Christ. We have to know who he is because we can be deceived. Just how the whole world is deceived. But God has given us the truth, the, the absolute truth, perfect truth is Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Verse 15. And he granted power to give, to give breath to the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive the mark on their hand or on their foreheads that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for it is the number of a man. His number is six, six, six. So I think that's pretty self-explanatory. The thing is, Satan does not care how great or small you are. Because guess what? We all have an eternal spirit, an eternal soul that either is either redeemed and goes with the Lord and spends all eternity with God or spends all away from God in eternal damnation with fire and brimstone in the lake of fire. God has not created hell for you. He's created hell for Satan and his fallen angels. No one has to go there. But it's a choice that has to be made by each individual person to be born again and surrender to the king or to be forever away from him for all eternity. And the, this mark is, is symbolizing the same thing that we are. We're marked by God, right? We, we have the seal of promise. We have the seal of redemption. That's the Holy Spirit within us that seals us, that marks us with God's promise, but also God's name that's written on our foreheads. We can't see it in that in the spiritual eyes, but it is it is us, and we're known, and we're bought by with a price, and that is through the bloodshed of the Lord Jesus Christ that makes all things new and restores all things and has given us new life. 
And the thing is, if we don't, if we don't think and we don't really pursue the Lord, we'll be deceived and we'll fall for this trap. I, I believe there's going to be many Christians that get the mark of the beast. I truly believe that if your faith is not strong, you're not on fire for the Lord. Who says that when trials and tribulations come your way that you won't cave in and get the mark? But guess what? That will be the seal of your internal damnation. And I'm not trying to preach brimstone and fire, but I'm trying to warn people from the pit. I was trying to warn those people. Stop going down that cliff. It's destruction. You'll die in everlasting fire when you can have everlasting life through him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Before we carry on to chapter 14, does anyone have any questions? Your grandpa has a question. Hold on. Just say Christian. Yes. We know that... Uh... Uh, the number 666 is uh, the sign of the beast. But uh, I don't know the name. I heard you saying the name or the number. What is the, what is the name that we're going to be aware of? It's the mark of the beast. That's the name? That's the name, the mark of the beast. So the thing is, you won't be fooled when you get it. You'll, you'll have full knowledge and you will have full understanding that hey if if i have to worship this false idol and pledge my allegiance to the beast then you're receiving the mark yeah so either the name or the number yes the mark of the beast is the number a lot of people 666 well the people believe is that it will be a tattoo on your hand or on your forehead and what that does that gives you access to buy to sell and to all these things that you can do because guess what as believers in christ we reject the mark of the yeah but uh it can be either or it can be a name or a number yeah so look i'll read it right here It is interesting that the most significant sign of the Antichrist is attributed to the false prophet, namely the physical sealing with the mark of the beast, his number, 666. Okay, so it's a number, not not a name. No, it's the name of the number. Oh, the name of the number. Right. Okay. And, And it's not clear whether or not this mark is literal and visible most likely it is not what is clear is that one's allegiance to christ or the antichrist will be clear and well defined so it might not be visible but you make that pledge you know how we confess jesus as our lord and savior when we give our life to him well visibly we can't see anything but we know internally we're sealed with the holy spirit Well, this is the same thing that comes with the legions when it, when you say I give my life, my rights, all everything I have to the Antichrist, the beast, and you yeah. pledge allegiance to him and you worship him as God. 
Okay. Does All that right. make sense? Yes, yeah. sir. Okay. Also, it says right here, it says, since neither the Hebrew nor Greek language possessed a separate numerical system, the letters of the alphabets carried numerical value. Hence, the symbolic number of the beast is the sum of the numerical values of the separate letters of his name. It is known as Gematria. The monster may be the last of many Fusedo Messiahs, Pseudos Messiahs, sorry, to rise in history who manifest the spirit of the Antichrist. So it's talking about how the dragon has developed a counterfeit trinity in his spiritual warfare against the church. So he's made the dragon as Satan, so him to be like God, Antichrist to be like the risen king Christ, and the false prophet to be like the Holy Spirit. Do you see the do you see the symbolic difference? So you will you will have a clear and well-defined mark that you'll know that you accepted the Antichrist as your God. Okay. And also says the, uh, the, the another beast, so the false prophet out of the earth is the false prophet. He serves as the Antichrist's mouthpiece. He possesses a true prophet, but directs people to worship the first beast. So he's the mouthpiece, right? Of the Antichrist to worship the first beast. Because he's the second beast that rises up out of the sea. All right, we're going to go to verse 14, guys. <clears throat> the lamb and the 144,000. Chapter 14. Then I looked and behold, the lamb standing on Mount Zion, Jesus. And with him, 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. So see how Satan has put his name on his people. And now God has put his name on his people. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the voice of many waters and the like, the voice of, of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. They sang as it were a new song before the throne and before the living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, so they didn't have sex. They're virgins, for they are virgins. And these are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being first fruits to God and to the lamb. And in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault and before the throne of God. Oh, it's so good. So... So the vision of persecution abruptly changes, right, to a vision of the church and glory. So it shows, like, the worst that happens, and now it's showing, like, okay, glory of God coming right now in his first fruits. The 144,000 symbolizes all the faithful saints. Mount Zion is a spiritual reality expressing the communion of the saints, not a geographical location. The father's name is a deliberate contrast with the name of the beast. So like what I just said, 
that's literally just uh, prayer, paraphrasing and uh, just um, repeating myself. The 144,000 represent the Jewish remnant sealed and consequently spared from the great tribulation. They are closely identified with the lamb, Jesus Christ, and Mount Zion, the typical of the seat of the kingdom power in Jerusalem. They are the same as those referred to in chapters 7, verse 1 and 8. The new song is a song of redemption. Thank you, Lord. Which only the redeemed can understand. They are spiritual virgins who have remained true to the Lord not having prostituted themselves through idolatry. They are without fault, unblemished, because they are in Christ and are thus an acceptable sacrifice. Oh, so good. All right, the proclamations of the three angels, verse 6. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth. To every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. And to worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. The gospel is everlasting, guys. It, In contrast to the provision of the old covenant, and it is intended to be heard universally. It is good news to those who respond to it, but judgment to those who refuse it. So when I talked to that young man about Jesus, he has, he says he doesn't believe in Jesus, but I believe now when he has this encounter with the Lord, he will. And he will have to make that decision to either respond to the good news or to face the judgment and wrath of God who refuse it. And what everlasting means in the Greek is anios, anios, compare, means eon, perpetual, unchanging, of unlimited duration, eternal, age long, unending. The word may denote that which is without either beginning or end. Without beginning or without end. So Jesus says, I am the beginning and the end, right? I am the alpha and the omega. That's everlasting. And we know that the good news of gospel, the word of God is Jesus, right? It says in, the, in, in John chapter one, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, right? And paraphrasing the rest, because I don't know it by heart, is that the word made everything that we see. And it, without the word of God, nothing would be made. That's amazing. So good. Verse 8, Revelation chapter 14. And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, the great city, because she had made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or his hand, he himself shall also drink the wine of of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. 
and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. They have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and who receives the mark of his name. Here's the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. So rest in the Greek is ana pauyo. From ana means up and pauyo to make cease. The word describes a cessation from toil, a refreshment, an intermission. That's true rest, guys. And that's what Jesus has us enter into his rest of refreshment, ceasing from toil and an intermission. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So the wine of wrath of her fornication is idolatry. Worshiping the monster inevitably results in the drinking of the cup of God's wrath and judgment. See, Jesus, Jesus drank the cup of wrath. Right? Remember I told you guys a couple weeks ago when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, that was his last time before he got crucified. And he was speaking to his father saying, Father, let this cup pass from me, but not thy will, but your will be done. It's that cup of wrath that he did not want to drink, but he did it because he loved the father and he loves us. And he took that burden and that wrath of God upon his flesh and was the living sacrifice, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name. The voice from heaven is perhaps that the lamb proclaiming the second of the seven beatitudes from now on is is from the moment of the lamb's finished work and victory the the spirit may be the voice or this may be an antiphonal response by the holy spirit rest represents a dramatic contrast so you could either be in eternal damnation torment with fire and brimstone or you can rest <laughs> i choose rest I choose peace. I choose to be with my Lord forever and ever. Verse 14, chapter 14, Revelation. Reaping the earth's harvest. Then I looked and behold a white cloud and on the cloud sat one like the son of man, having on his head a golden crown and his hand like a sharp sickle. So sickle is is kind of like a reaper in a way. It's kind of like what you would do to gain, you know, cut down the crop for your harvest. And another angel came out of this, out of the temple, crying out with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, thrust in your sickle and reap for the time has come for you to reap for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Okay. Keep going. 
sat on the cloud, thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. So he gathered his harvest. What does that mean? That's his saints, his believers. We're his harvest. We are. We are Christ. What Christ suffered for, he is now receiving his reward. And that's his harvest. That's us. Reaping the grapes of wrath. Then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven. He also having a sharp sickle. Another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire. And he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle saying, thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city and the blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's brittles for, for, for 1,600 furlongs. You know what I actually looked in the New Living Translation, what that meant? I'm going to pull it up right now because I want to make sure that I, I say it correctly. It's Revelation chapter 14, verse 20. Right here in the New Living Translation, verse 20, Revelation chapter 14, the grapes were trampled in the winepress outside the city and blood flowed from the winepress in a stream about 180 miles long and as high as a horse's brittle. So that's about five feet tall and 180 miles long of blood. It's insane. Yes. Yeah, so it says right here, outside the city indicates that the final judgment of the wicked includes their banishment from the presence of God, who said to dwell in the estological Jerusalem. The number associated with the Mount of Blood should be regarded as qualitative, not quantitative, heightening the utter gruesomeness of the scene. So is this showing you how, like, how intense it is, right? And the two angels that deliver the command of the judgments from the temple and out from the altar is to emphasize that these judgments are God's in response to the prayers of the saints. So God is finally answering our prayers about destroying the wicked, about reaping us as a harvest and us to be in rest with the Lord Jesus now, that Jesus can finally receive his bride. Jesus can finally receive his harvest Jesus can finally receive the crops that have grown for many years. So God's word is everlasting and we all have a decision. So whoever is listening on the other side that doesn't know the Lord or doesn't believe in the Lord or doesn't really believe that is born again. This is your time to be right. This is your time to be right standing with God. And it's not because of your works. It's not because you earned your way to heaven. It's not because of how much you pay or how many kids you have to get a certain to heaven. It's Jesus. That's the only way it's God's grace to man that he's given his son. That says by grace to faith, we are saved. So you can be saved from eternal damnation and be reaped as a harvest for God. And God will preserve you and God will have mercy on you and God will show his 
malevolence and his unfavored or unmerit favor towards you with everlasting love because it's, it's the blood of Jesus that washes everything clean and helps us not only helps us to grow but makes us brand new now if you want that today I want you to repeat this prayer but I want you to do it genuinely I want you to really cry out to the Lord and ask him for mercy and grace and for him to save you so father we just come to you right now we thank you that your word is true that your gospel is everlasting we thank you for your son we believe that your son has died on the cross for our sins and that he is raised from the dead on the third day seated at the right hand of you father we father we accept your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness through your son jesus jesus we ask you to save us that you would become lord master and king over my life i receive the gift of this of the salvation of you jesus and i receive right now the infilling of the holy spirit thank you father for your wonderful love that you have towards me i believe and receive it in faith right now in jesus name amen now if you said that prayer this is the first step to you walking with the Lord. This is the first step for you to be in right standing with the Lord. This means that, okay, you're born again and you're filled with the Holy Spirit combined with your spirit. But now what I want you to do is that you need to spend time in God's word. God will speak to you through his word. Start in the book of John. Start in the book of Matthew. Uh, just start reading his word. And spend time with him in secret. What I mean by that, close your door, get quiet before him and seek him for who he is. And he will start to show you his ways, his character. He will start to have, he, he will start to respond to you and he'll start to bring you in closer to his heart. And you'll start to have this personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. And you'll be led by his spirit to walk this righteousness out. As a new believer in Christ. All right. I love you guys. That's all I have for today. Um, and if you want. You can email us at. Maranatha. Ministries love. At gmail.com. We would love to reach out to you. We'd love to share resources. We'd love to um, pray for you. And uh, God bless you all. <laughs>